We need to get all the dang kids out of the freaking woods. Because the woods are home to America's most goth podcast, The Pod People. I'm Matisse Van Rossum, and I had to brush my teeth to get into junior college. I'm Ben Sheets, owner of Sneed, Seed, and Feed, formerly Chucks. And I'm the uh, America's favorite victim of MK Ultra. <laughs> Hi, I'm Cleveland Mosier, and I'm just looking for permission to take this leaf. <laughs> I can't really do the bong noise, but you, you get the idea. Oh, and uh, also my balls will fall off in three days. There you go. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're excited to be joined once again by the Blair Witch herself, Aaron Volusik. Who's back Hello. to talk about to talk about another Blair Witch movie? It never ends. No, it doesn't. We were like, well, you know, Aaron was uh, Aaron was on the last couple of Blair Witch episodes, so why don't we see if uh, if we can lasso her into this one? And it worked, <laughs> and you're back. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm excited to be a part of this up and down franchise. Yeah, well, I, I I hope we didn't put you through too much mental distress with this movie, because uh, it I definitely felt like I was having a stroke through a, a, a lot of it. Aaron, to be honest, when you said I'm excited to be a part of this up and down franchise, I thought you were talking about pod people. <laughs> <laughs> mostly, yeah, be a part of this up and oh, down podcast, mostly down. Hard, harsh but true, but. <laughs> And truly, the last few episodes, we've been going further and further downhill because we're on a streak of bad movies, and I am not responsible for any of this. We were on I such not... a high. I, I, will take, I will take a great deal of this blame. Uh, we were on such a high with Nope and Prey and some other movies, and then, uh, and then I, had to, I had to ruin everything and you with did this. revelations. Yeah. Yeah. You started <laughs> this, and then Ben insisted that we watch The Orphan, or first kill, or whatever the fuck that movie is called, <laughs> and then Ben picked again Blair Witch Two, Book of Sh- or no Book of Shadows, Blair Witch Two. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. really, yeah. really terrible title. I just yeah. wanted to continue the streak. Also, what is the Book of Shadows? That's, That's a great true. question. Was there a book? No, no, <laughs> there no, no book, no shadows. They should have called this. Uh, Aim instant messenger of shadows. Okay, this is the second time this has happened. Uh, more recently, we got a spiral from the book of Saw, and there's no book there either. Generally, just I want to ask, like the Hollywood film industry, where's the book? Stop promising books and not delivering. I think I think the idea is like you know when they're working up the script, it, it feels kind of gratifying to like put a script in front of someone that says from the book of whatever, and it's like oh yeah, the script is a book, and but then it it's turned into a movie and it's no longer a book. And I, I get like it's oh it's like a biblical thing I guess. At least with Saw, like it kind of makes sense because Jigsaw had all these apostles, but here there's no book. There's no one to have a yeah. book or anything. Well, that's the thing, like, wit- I, I kind of get it with, like, you know, witches have, like, grimoires and, you know, tomes of forbidden magics and so on and so forth. But again, there's none of that in this movie. Nope. <laughs> it's not yeah. Blair Witch 2. From what I understand, the other way around. Th- this was, like, a decision that they made after they completed the movie. Yeah. It's, like, the, the producers that were, like, Oh, Blair Witch Two doesn't sell. Let's add something to the title. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy. Like, 
Because how does Blair Witch 2 not sell? The whole point of this movie was to capitalize on the success of the first Blair Witch movie as fast as possible. How did they yeah. not just think calling it Blair Witch 2 would be enough? And I mean, like, if you're going to add of Shadows, why not, like, videotapes of Shadows or something like that? That's, like, right doesn't there. Have the same doesn't have the same ring to it, videotapes of Shadows. <laughs> Well, yeah, this movie came out in uh, the year of our Lord, 2000. Uh, you can tell. Uh, it's yeah. directed by by Joe Berlinger, uh, who hasn't done a whole lot, especially since this movie came out. He mostly but... did, like, documentary. Yeah, Ben, that. you were saying before we watched this that he did the uh, the Some Type of Monster documentary about the, yes. the making of Metallica's one of worst the, album. Well, not first album. No, I but, said worst oh, album. Worst, yeah. It's one of the funniest music documentaries I've ever seen. It, they pose it as their like comeback album because James Hetfield was like coming out of rehab and they were all like taking it super seriously and getting super pretentious. And then at the end of the movie, you see like, the album come out and it's just absolute dog shit like the worst new metal you've ever heard so um, but but from what i've looked up he also did the the paradise lost series of uh documentaries which are like some really really good true crime documentaries on like oh really uh kids who committed murder in like alabama and were on trial they're really good movies um but it was interesting because, like, there's some overlap with, like, that kind of story and what Blair Witch is, you know? Because Blair Witch is very much about occult murders, like Paradise Lost is. It's um, so funny yeah. that they got a documentarian <laughs> to make a sequel to a fake documentary and then not make this movie also a documentary. <laughs> Right, yeah. which is where my my take on Joe Berlinger or Berlinger or whatever um, came up is I finished this movie and I, I wanted to know more. So the first thing I did was I IMDb'd this guy, or I Googled him, and the first thing that comes up on Google is Joe Berlinger is a documentarian. And then coming off of this movie, I just I just out loud just said, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny no, thing That's a lie. is I was reading some stuff some interviews with him and he was saying that he didn't want to do a found footage sort of movie for the sequel because a it had been done before which you know valid but yeah. b he thought it was unethical to deceive the audience oh like, my god whoa, whoa whoa he thinks that's unethical but he he's he's doing a sequel to like the, the movie that coined that <laughs> What he thinks is unethical is what made the movie, like, millions of dollars. That was, like, the whole appeal of it. Yeah, in a lot of ways, like, this movie is about that response to the movie. You Mm -hmm. know, and people believing it to be real so much. God, and all from someone who didn't get it. That makes so much sense. It thinks it it is that. Yes. Yeah. I I wish it was more of that. Yeah, I don't know if it really is. And, and... Before we go too hard dunking on uh, Joe Berlinger, I I was reading, and Ben, you said you saw this too, that there was pretty heavy post-production studio interference. 
around this movie that they did a lot of like snap reshoots and the studio made some of the more uh, confusing decisions regarding the way this movie was presented. Like it starts with like a title card that says that the following is a dramatic reenactment of actual <laughs> events and that like the names have been changed so on and so forth, like a forensic files kind of deal. That was totally the studio's decision. Joe Berlinger didn't want that. That um, was my first note. I never take notes on the movies, but for this one, as soon as it started, it was just so weirdly paced and insane that I knew I would have to write some stuff down or I would forget like some of these gems. And my first note at the very top is just in all caps, reenactment? <laughs> yeah, well, that was added after the fact, which no, makes a lot yeah. of sense, because I feel like if they were going to go that route, they should have leaned into it more and made it truly like a, a sort of like late 90s Dateline style uh, Yeah. Yes. A reenactment kind of uh, show. Well, they kind of start like they're going to do that, you know, because right after mm -hmm. that, we get kind of news footage mm. of like some Carson Daly type talking about it and Conan O'Brien and Jay Fucking Kurt Loder. Kurt Loder, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Apparently a lot of that stuff was real and some of the interviews they had at the beginning too yeah. with like the actual residents of Burkittsville, Maryland talking about sort of like how their life and the town has changed since the explosion of the the Blair Witch movie and like all the fucking tourists and stuff that have come there. And I think that is a super interesting angle, mm -hmm. but the movie drops it immediately after that. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, but, that was arguably the only good part was the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. The yeah, res the response of the actual movie, it's kind of meta, like this kind of cool. And then yeah, yeah and you see it right. It's just like, and the end of that. I was I was in the same boat. Like when that part was happening, I'm like, oh, this is kind of an interesting angle. Maybe this movie's going to be better than I expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you have a lot of like funny and weird interviews in there too. Like, there's that old lady talking about like selling rocks to super yeah. fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it almost feels like it's out of like American movie because like she has that weird draw, and like she just kind of rambles on. Yeah. Um, oh man, American movie whips ass. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing from that sequence I wrote down, and I, and I had to take it back. There's a guy, and he's like on a porch, and he's 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 clearly selling a bunch of the the Blair Witch, um, or like sticks in the iconography, and um, he says, uh, and I wrote this down. He says, uh, you know, I couldn't see the movie when it first came out because I was in the hospital, but as soon as they let me out, I saw it. And my first thought was just like, is he saying he was in prison? I think so. Yeah, like that's, that's the impression I get. And then we get into the mo the meat of the movie. I think that dude was was not a real Burkittsville resident. I think that dude well, was was cast. I couldn't figure out if it was Jeffrey Donovan or not, so I had to like rewind it because I was like, oh, is this the same guy who's like taking them on the tour or not? Because he's selling the items and stuff, and like it makes sense because his character has been like kind of like you know like in and out of trouble with the law, but I honestly couldn't tell. And the I, reason I couldn't tell is because they both had black goatees because it was the early 2000s and all white dudes look the same. Like, yeah, I, I thought it was. To add to that, band that clearly, like, added in post scene where he's in, like, the mental hospital. 
yeah. being like yeah. experimented on. And at that point, he's MK got like style. At that point, he's got like a shaved head too. And even after that, when they cut to him in like prison or whatever, I did not put the pieces together immediately that that was the same character. Well, yeah, it's it's bizarrely edited. It's like non-linear, but like not with like any coherent rhyme or reason. They non-linear just, like, in the f- stupidest way. Yeah, and they yeah. do that throughout the movie. Like they they cut to scenes that almost spoil the rest of the movie, like cutting to interrogation scenes. Oh um, my god! Certain oh characters god. after the fact, and you know, midway through the movie, who makes it out? It removes that. I hesitate to say tension because I don't think there's any <laughs> real tension in this movie, but uh, the idea of tension that they are going for. They also like intercut like vicious like scenes of them committing violence, um, but completely out of context. See, that's uh, what's so weird about the pacing, right? Is, like, normally, like, a lot of frames, like, or sorry, a lot of movies, like, frame their film with cutting back, or cutting to f- the future interrogation. It's a, it's a trope. There's a lot of groundwork laid for that cliche and how to do it properly and pace it out right, but this movie's also trying to do playing with time, and it's also doing hallucinations, where you can't tell what's going on or what's correct. So it's just mm-hmm. a fucking mess of pacing. Yeah. Like, it's just spaghetti. I can't, I can't tell, like, what's happening at any given time or what I'm supposed... And when, when you can't tell what you're supposed to take for granted anymore, you just say, oh, well, I'm not going to take any of it for granted. And it, de- it immediately stops having any tension or being scary. Not that it ever I feel like because of the tone. I think a lot of that stuff is intentional because I know that Joe Berlinger was saying that he, like, wanted there to be a sense of ambiguity over, like, whether what happened to them was, like, real or, like, a group uh, psychosis or whatever. The problem is, is the movie's so messy and it's so all over the place and it's constantly introducing these new elements and, like plot details that are seemingly, like, out of the blue, that it doesn't feel ambiguous. It just feels as confused as I am watching it. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say, the the film's benefit, that's one, like, concept that I I feel like it almost gets right. Uh, Because, like, even the, the Jeffrey character, he says, you know, video captures reality. It's film that lies. And I always feel like that's giving away, like, the idea of, like, the film being the lie, but the videotapes that they show uh, later on being, like, the actual truth. And I find that pretty interesting. I think just an execution, like, it's so sloppily done. I think there's a lot of that. I think that there's a, a good number of decent ideas on paper in this movie. But when you put them all mm-hmm. together and you poorly execute them, it's very different. And I, I do, I do tend to wonder, like, even with a studio metal, med- we'll never know what exactly was studio meddling to what capacity, like how much of like the additions or changes or whatever like harmed this film compared to what originally was there. But I, 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 I struggle to 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 imagine this film ever having like a good edit or good cut. And we'll probably yeah. never know. I would love to see one, though. But you know what it reminds me of is, it, like, a lot of, like, the Disney Marvel movies do this now, too, where if it doesn't pull well, they throw in tons more stuff. 
to try and have you like play slight, play and try and play sleight of hand with you. And so no shot lasts longer than six seconds. Everything is just going nonstop. Everything's happening so quickly, and it's I'm I'm putting my hands up right now and waving them, you know, like like sleight of hand, like ooh look over here. And there isn't enough time for you to take in anything, and to take in any of the bad or good. And you're just mm-hmm. you're just on this wild fucking ride. Yeah, it doesn't give you time. It doesn't give you time enough to think about anything for too long before before it's already on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You're saying, Aaron? Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys ever seen the movie Shrooms, the horror film? Oh, years ago. God, I yeah. remember yeah. seeing the cover so. all the time, but I never actually got around to seeing it. Yeah, I saw it um, when I was a teenager, um, and I remember that because I rented it from the video store. So it was like when like Blockbuster was still around. Yeah, and so it was a while ago, and I remember watching it as a teenager and thinking it was really good. Like, me and my friends loved it, but now I don't know if I would watch it now and think it's, like, cheesy. But it this movie reminded me of, like, a bad version of Shrooms. Like, I get what it was trying to do, but it was just so it's, it's got It's bad. got a lot of those... <laughs> It's got a lot of those hallmarks of, like, stoner comedy horror movies like yes. Shrooms or some, something like Evil Bong or some shit like that. I I feel like this is a good time to, to bring up something that Ben said while we were watching this movie that I think is spot on the fucking money, is that this movie feels like the movie that Cabin Fever was parodying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like, it's Cabin it's like Fever. a serious rendition of that. Because Cabin Fever yes. came out a couple of years after this, and I can see so many of the parallels of, like, the stuff that Cabin Fever does with, like, a wink and a nudge that this movie does completely sincerely. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah. I think the biggest example is, like, the podunk little shop that they stuck at to pick yeah, up. Gas station general store, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Where, like, everyone is, like, terribly inbred and, like, straight out of the movie Deliverance or something. Yeah, or the fucking... that guy is uh, laying on the floor. Every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, every time they enter the store, he's always laying on the floor for some reason. <laughs> That's why I thought, like, like when, when she goes back and the guy's still laying on the floor, I thought it was a dream sequence. Right! But then but it was yeah, it. I, I think that's I think that's supposed to be one of those things, was it? Because yeah. there's also if you notice there was uh not only was the same guy laying on the floor, but the same like woman with the shopping cart was in there who's putting like just a million cans of like Vienna sausage or something just like into her shopping cart. Same deal as when they first go into the store earlier in the movie. Aww. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's supposed to be one of those things. Like, is this a dream or is this reality? It's so funny. I was I was reading up on this movie before uh, yesterday, and um, it's hilarious to see how intellectually and like seriously uh, Joe Berlinger like approached this movie. The way he talks about it, it is, like, the way that, like, an art house director would talk about a a movie that they made, with, like, all of this intent and themes and archetypes and stuff, and it's, like, he he takes it very, very seriously, and then to see the finished product is just, like, bro, are you that blind, my man? Like, do you not... That's embarrassing. It is, it's a little embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) It, it really does, like, reek of, like, that kind of pretension, 
you would see in a like goth high schoolers journal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, it's really like, yeah. And the cold breeze, you know, takes my heart and my soul. It's like, all right, Becky, like, calm down. Well, he's so, I, 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 yeah. I read a snippet where he's talking about how like all the 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 core group of characters are all supposed to represent archetypes of uh, different subcultures and communities and how they reacted to uh the original Blair Witch film like how the how the how the witches or wiccans or whatever thought that it was uh, a, a poor representation of of their culture and made people scared of witches how the goths were enamored by the dark spooky uh atmosphere and ideas <laughs> How the into how intellectuals wanted to study the hysteria behind it, all of this. Sh- oh, how people wanted to profit off of its success and popularity. It's like these are all of the characters of our story, but they're all so badly written and so fucking annoying in this movie. Yeah. It's like I, I like trying to look at them and be like, oh yes, these are archetypes. Indeed. Yeah. I as I as I nod sagely to myself and stroke my chin, you know? Like <laughs> Yeah, well that's the thing. All the characters are just super unlikable in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just such a complaining, awful person. Oh Even like God. some of the minor characters are really annoying. Like, and I, I loved how the um, I don't even know his name, the boyfriend. He was like definitely like the others were probably like in their twenties or thirties. He was definitely in his like late forties. I was like, what are you least. doing here? <laughs> oh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the cast right now because it's like yeah, the guy Stephen. Yeah, like I love I love his whining bits during the year. He's like, I didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> God, his acting was probably the worst of all oh, of them. Yeah, delightful. I couldn't handle it. At least, like, um, but I just I was I was just I just realized that all of the main characters, they're they all have the same. The actors all have the same first name as their characters. That is so pretentious. Yeah, like, we'll do that. I do the just, first one. Yeah, it's it's homage um, to the oh, to the original. Right. Oh, that makes sense. I was so dumb. I was reading too that every single one of the main actors auditioned for a different part than they got. Every single one of them. Weird. Not a single one of the characters in this movie is the is the in the role that they auditioned for. They just shuffled that around. I don't know why. (laughs) You know the. The acting was was rough on all counts. Uh, I don't I don't think anyone here put in like a great performance. I will say though, like, Jeffrey Donovan put in my favorite performance. Yes, it's uh, not yeah. a great no. it's not a great one, but yeah. no, the best performance was the sheriff. Oh my god, oh, the god. fucking sheriff! <laughs> he was going for an Oscar. He was putting his whole his whole ass into that role. He has he has like the most exaggerated like Southern accent you can imagine, which is funny because the they're supposed to be in fucking Burkittsville, Maryland. So he should just have like That's an extra. He should have like a really thick mid Atlantic accent instead. <laughs> It was it was so distracting. He's uh, so fucking over the top. I will say though, Erica Learson, gorgeous. 
Oh, she's she's the one who plays the uh, the oh, the yeah. Wiccan. She yeah. looks like a uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and oh, then yeah. her character is like the biggest Karen. Though that's the, the she's she's the, the most annoying character in the film, and I think that that's saying a lot because all, all of these characters are extremely annoying. The goth, like she she literally pulls a Karen at the gas station, like asks to speak to the manager. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Okay. She, well, she looks like a female Sting in this movie. I gotta say. Hey, okay. So like the... you to remember that uh, a cab does include uh, the goth chick from NCIS. Got to remember that. <laughs> okay. So now, since we're talking about this character, the goth yeah. chick, if you'll allow me to go on a brief tangent related to my own uh, extremely niche areas of expertise, a Cleveland moment, if you will. Um, Please. I, I was, I was reading that this, the, the character's name, uh, is Kim Diamond. She's a goth. And I saw that the care, apparently the character was inspired by King Diamond of Merciful Fate, which is personally insulting to me because I don't see how this character is anything like King Diamond whatsoever, other than the fact that she wears white makeup on her face. And he's in, like, full corpse paint and everything. And, like, Merciful Fate is not a goth band. This is so fucking frustrating. When I read this, I was... I got so angry. (laughs) I got so fucking angry. And it's like, fucking Joe Berlinger, obviously a metal guy, right? Because he did the fucking Metallica documentary. So he's gonna fucking... Claim that this character that he created is based on King Diamond and then make her have zero King Diamond attributes or personality traits at all. God, ugh, I'm so fucking mad about that. Are you going to go write some angry goth poetry about it, Tease? You You know what? (laughs) I might, and then I might burn them over a candle in the dark. Oh, well, yeah. instead, instead of burning him over a can in the dark, you could just turn it into the script for Blair Witch 3, Book of Shadows. Mm-hmm. Blair Witch 3, Book of fucking doo-doo. Um, oh. I still can't get over that makeup, though. You know, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, man, it's so progressive that they got a, uh, a woman to play the crow. <laughs> yeah, which is what, definitely what they were going for. I mean, yeah, she's like she's like your your stereotypical like late '90s, early 2000s goth. Yeah, it's um, just oh so... yeah, we found her in um, a graveyard, right? Wasn't that the first yeah. time? Yeah, it's like as as if we didn't know that she was a goth. Like, let's have her enter the movie in a. Graveyard. Also, apparently, she's supposed to be psychic or something, which is never really explained at all, other than they use it as a super cheap and lazy plot device to uh have her tell them to to do things to discover yes can we talk about that she was like these are the the tapes are over there and they're like how do you know that and she was like i don't know and then it was like never brought up again and then later she's (laughs) the one other than later she's the one who tells them that they have to uh play the tapes backwards Oh yeah. So they can so they can see like the weird spooky part of the tape that's like they have like missing time on these tapes. And she's like, 
you have to play the tapes backwards. And they're like, how do you know that? She's like, I don't know. I just do. And it's like, it's so fucking stupid. They never would have gotten there any other way. They have to have a conveniently psychic character who can just lead them directly to those moments of revelation. It's like how Star Wars like often uses like the Force as an excuse. Yes. But it's just in here. It's just it's the witch. They're being manipulated by some ethereal witch thing, and that's that's. Ooh, it. That's or but or are they? Yeah, or are they? Right. It's like you can't fucking choose. She wasn't even the witch. It's like it would have made more sense to have the ginger, yeah. like be the psychic one, because she's the Wiccan. It would yeah, have made right. a little bit more sense, I guess. I don't know. Choosing yeah, she's like, yeah, it, well, I mean, so many times in the in the movie, we see her doing, like, her little Wiccan rituals, you know, and stuff. So, yeah, it would make sense that, be like, oh, yeah, she's tapped into something, and she's like, oh, yeah, you have to look over there for the tapes. And they're like, no, you don't, you're, you're not a real witch, you're just bullshitting. And then they go look, in, and oh, the tapes are there, is oh, she shit. really a witch? <laughs> Okay, like, why is um, why is the goth girl psychic? Sorry. Yeah, uh, and also like going off of that, like what you guys said before about how certain things gave the movie away, but there was one scene that was like almost like the opposite, where I think she was talking to like the blonde girl, and she was like, "I can't cast any bad spells on people because like whatever you do comes back to you like threefold." So, like, that right there tells the viewer that she's not the evil one in the movie. But then they proceed the whole movie to act like she's, like, the evil one. And it's just, like, the whole time I'm like, obviously this is, like, gonna be a bait and switch. Like, they literally laid it out for us in the beginning that she wasn't gonna do any nefarious shit, you know? It's such a lazy, like, cheap subversion that, like, oh, what if she actually is the witch? Oh, no. (laughs) Not really. But they also don't really do anything with it. Like, there aren't too many circumstances where people do, like, wrong in, a, in like, a hex format, and it is brought back to them threefold. They're just kind of there, and things happen. True. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, God, it's so weird. Yeah, in that same conversation, too, I love it, because that starts with her saying how um, she's a member of a persecuted minority, and I was like, damn, you're right, white women, the persecuted minority. <laughs> I said almost the exact same thing to Ben because she she and the goth girl are having like an oppression Olympics. Yeah. She's like it's like I'm I'm more persecuted because I'm a witch and the goth girl's like I'm persecuted because I'm a goth. People think I'm a, a serial killer or possessed by the devil. And it's like come on now. Yeah. <laughs> both of, both of y'all get fucking real. Persecuted minority was just so funny to me. Yeah, we um, should we should mention something that we haven't yet in that uh, most of this movie does not actually take place in the woods, which is yes. where you would expect a Blair Witch movie to take place. Yes, um, it Such mostly bullshit. takes place. Yeah, it mostly takes place in an abandoned broom factory that Jeffrey Donovan lives in for some reason. He bought for a dollar. <laughs> he yeah. bought it for a dollar because they were going to demolish it. I'll buy that and... for a dollar. That, that's an old commercial. Whatever, just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. <laughs> but it's like, what the fuck? How are you going to have a fucking Blair Witch movie where most of the time it's just losers hanging out inside? Seriously. Right. I will say, the set, one of the only things 
it was like sort of my like my my green light on the horizon because like during anything any dumb bullshit that was going on or boring bullshit that was happening um or convoluted stuff i could at least like look at some of the weird shit in the background and just kind of like lazily just kind of be like oh neat they have like a little tv with mannequin heads in it that's kind of fun and like this is not high praise but like just kind of like look around at some of the the things like the set designers had fun at least like i I did i did catch a weird a weird tapestry in the background at one point that looked like one of those uh like uh deadly prey gallery like ghanaian movie posters i can't remember what it was like uh it was like fish boy or something it had a big uh big word at the top of it yeah. <laughs> yeah man and like clearly like some set designers at least like had a fun time and like like put some real like effort into this movie somebody <laughs> like, probably yeah. was just living in there yeah, <laughs> yeah well it it has like a weird sense of creativity to it too like uh he has like a front door alarm that's just barking dogs constantly anytime you're near it yeah <laughs> Apparently that's supposed to be a reference to the Omen. Oh, get out of here. Get okay. the fuck out of here. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah, um, also, also, because, yeah, like, later one of them has a vision where they see, like, uh, on the other side of the bridge, there's, like, uh, like several, like, Dobermans, like, barking at them. It's like, oh, yeah, that's, like, the Omen. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, the fucking the fucking bridge that they have to cross to get into the factory, just there so it can go out at one point, so they'll oh, yeah. be trapped there conveniently. The bridge over the river, why? Right. Yeah. <laughs> why are we doing it? Yeah, and then it collapses in a vision, but then it isn't collapsed. Oh, yeah. what's real? <laughs> like so heavy-handed, like Jesus Christ. Or did it collapse? Yeah. Just, just a, we'll never another, know. another great example of how this movie is just like, look how deep we are, man. Like, and it's really just reveling in itself. And it's- what about the yeah. van? Was it totaled oh, for real? Oh shit! I have that's one of my notes too. Yeah, um, that they didn't want to damage it. <laughs> the weakest crash I've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, she fucking crashes it, quote unquote, crashes oh, into crap. the tree, and then she's like, uh, after that, like she cranks the van, it starts right up, and she like backs up, and it's like <laughs> the so bumpers, weird. the bumpers not even like dented, which is funny because then she goes back, she goes back to uh to to the the warehouse or whatever, and is like. Hey, sorry, I saw some spooky ghost kids in the road and I accidentally, like, <laughs> crashed your van. The fender, the front fender's bent a little bit. And it's like, no, it wasn't. I saw it. I saw it when she backed up. It was fine. I could have cut around that. I don't. I, I've got, like, but then, But then, the, you know, they they need to do it, of course, so they, you know, have, then they go and look outside and the van is, like, completely totaled. He's like, how did you even drive it back here? Uh, but, but, like... <laughs> Oh, you can see, like, in the script, they they have, like, yeah, she sees a kid in the road, like every horror movie, and she crashes the car into a tree, the van into a tree, and it's totaled or whatever, or maybe she sees that it isn't totaled, like, that's fine, but, like, the crash itself is so fucking weak. Like, they literally just, like, slowly drove the, the van forward until it tapped the tree, and then they sped up the footage and just cut away quickly it's, mm-hmm. it's so it's so weak 
Like, just don't, just just have her pull over at that point. It's so weird, man. Like, well, it's confusing, too, because they obviously did total the actual van. Like, we do see it. Like, we, we see that the true. van is totaled. So, right, exactly. But it's like, if they were gonna total it later anyway, why didn't they hit the tree a little bit harder? So at least, like, the front fender is, is dented or something, because that's what she says it is. It's like, yeah. you can see that it's not. Like, why were they being so delicate and precious with a van that they were... van that they totaled. That's not too uncommon. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But even still, like, you you don't do the weak crash. Pretty funny, though. I did did laugh. Do you know know what I thought of, too? It's like, so I guess the the abandoned, like, house that they're supposed to be in is supposed to be, like, the disorienting reality, right? Like, I guess... But like, I guess she like she was in enough of a right mind to get in a car, drive to the store, get herself a six pack of beer, and then drive all the way back, get into a small fender bender, and come all the way back to the house. Well, I guess she was in a delusion the whole time because, like, it is quote unquote revealed later that she didn't just like have the fight with the cashier and leave; she like murdered her. Right. So yeah. But again, did that really happen? I mean, you know the sequence in Wolf of Wall Street when Leo is, you know, driving back after taking the Quaaludes? Yes. And, you know, he drives back normally, and then you cut to what actually happened. Uh I think they were trying to do something like that, except just incompetently. So that's yes. exactly, and that, that like kind of cuts back to the uh, the point I was making earlier, where like there's a lot of ideas here that are fine, and in mm-hmm. some cases even great. It's just they're so poorly executed. Because like yeah, that's a great comparison to like that exact same sequence done really well. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like playing with like what is actually reality versus you know what is fiction is kind of what the uh the marketing around the original was all about right like sure the idea of people buying this you know movie to be the real thing i think i saw something that like 60 percent of people uh who saw the blair witch when it initially came out thought it was real yeah that's yeah. crazy which is insane that is it was so cool. yeah it was it was at like such a uniquely perfect cultural moment for something like that where like found footage horror was not like really a thing not a mainstream thing certainly and it wasn't in the age of the internet where like anything fake is being debunked immediately and posted on Twitter where it's mm. like yeah whoa what if what if this did actually happen you know there's just not enough in the movie for you to think otherwise too well yeah it doesn't it doesn't show it doesn't show you a single thing that suspends that disbelief you don't we don't see anything directly supernatural Mm. like it's all all of that stuff is done off camera all we get are the characters reactions to what's happening to them and that's so it's so authentic and so real that Mm -hmm. Like it is there there's nothing in the film itself that is that you could like easily debunk. And yeah. and that's that's 
the the subtle brilliance of that movie. Yeah, and like the spookiest moment is just a person standing in a corner, which is directly referenced in this movie. Yep. Um, <laughs> I noticed you the put the emphasis way. on which when you were saying because <laughs> it because it happens to the witch character, or excuse yeah. me, the Wiccan. <laughs> It's just so terribly done. Just she's dead in the corner. Oh, I love it too. Because like, yes, her back is to them, and they approach her. The 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 Scooby Doo gang approaches her, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" I think her name is Erica. Yeah, like, what's what's up, Erica? What's 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 going on? And um, (laughs) they they turn her around, and she has like glassy eyes, totally white eyes. And her, she's got like a big Blair Witch scar down the front of her, and she's clearly like her mouth is like lulled open, clearly like dead, right? For, but still for, standing up. But still standing up, and we hear like Stephen, the blonde dude, like in the background, instead of like, and he just he kind of weirdly says like she's crippled. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I did not catch that at all. <laughs> he says. <laughs> She's crippled. She's crippled? <laughs> like, her arms and legs, it's such a weird thing to say. No, dog, she dead. Like, the, 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 like, so much of this movie, like, it's just me just going, what? <laughs> like, the whole time. I, I, I also can't get, I could not get over the logistics, this is so dumb that I, like, my mind zeroed in on this, but I can't get over the logistics of how they turned her around if she's dead. There's no yeah. way that your feet, <laughs> like, your feet, don't move, because you're dead. How did they turn yeah, her around? I mean, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be standing up. <laughs> well, you know? she wouldn't be standing up. Like, why, like, in post-production, they added in she's crippled. That's so oh, funny. Yeah. You don't see him it's say it, hear him say it in the background. And so I think, like, the people were like, oh, people are going to be confused. And it's like, so... Let's That's more confusing. Confused, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like, it's the only thing I can think, is that, yeah, like... People were going like, oh, well, but if she's dead, how is she turning around? And we don't see the, there's no aftermath. She just kind of keeps sitting there. Like, like what you do is you have her turn around, look like that and fall to the floor. And fall over. Yeah. 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 Or, or they like go to grab her shoulder to turn her around and she just sort of topples over backwards onto the ground in front of them. Right. Jump scare. Like, that's great. But no, instead it's just the most awkward thing. Yeah, they just turn her around and then she's still just like standing there. And I I I guess it's supposed to be like supernatural, like, oh she's dead, but she's still standing up in the corner. Cause you know the witch makes people stand in the corner. But it's done again so clumsily. This movie rules. so badly. No, it doesn't. Shut up. <laughs> Wait, can we talk about the baby? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my Please. God. Yes. Oh. My favorite part. Oh, that was part. so bizarre. Yeah, so really bizarre. Bad. And that's what caused them to, like, not be in the woods anymore. They were freaking out about the next day, which also cracked me up because, again, like, if you didn't have them drinking and doing drugs, it would it would make less sense of, like, why they, like, blacked out. But they woke up the next day and they're like, Oh my god, we blacked out. I don't remember anything that happened. And I'm like, we literally watched like a 20 minute montage of you guys getting fucked up out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're shocked that you like blacked out. There's missing. Yes, no, that's you're you're so right. Cause they're like, oh my god, we fell asleep and nobody stayed up watching. We must have blacked out. It's like y'all were literally drinking 
whiskey straight from the bottle and smoking like hella joints yeah. like y'all are getting fucked up of course you blacked out yeah i don't remember falling and asleep uh yeah and that that's was... so funny because <laughs> davis they established before that that one of the characters is uh is like pregnant is like a few weeks pregnant and they make a point of saying that, like, the boyfriend wants her to keep the baby, even though she doesn't really want it. But she's drinking just as heavily as the rest of them. Yeah, and her boyfriend got... doesn't... Yes! I noticed that, too! It's like, I was like, wait, isn't that character supposed to be pregnant? And then she has, like, a dream that she, like, drowns her baby in the stream, and she wakes up and has a miscarriage. Yeah. It's like, well, oh, the witch the witch caused a miscarriage. It's like, no, it's the fucking three-quarters bottle of Jack Daniels that you housed by yourself that killed the baby. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny that uh, the, the boyfriend does bring it up, but she's like, we are not having this argument again. You know what? That's so. That's totally true. He's like, haven't you had enough beer? And she's like, we're not talking about this. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, damn, all right. That's all it took. He was like, all right, sounds good. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm going to have another one too. Well, what's most bizarre about the miscarriage thing is they go to the hospital and have a whole very traumatic sequence and then she's like oh yeah let's keep investigating right after this yes what in your right mind would possess you to go to this old broken down warehouse that's probably not up to code right after you just had a miscarriage and then they got mad at her because she wanted to go home i was like no With a group of people who you just met, like, the day before, (laughs) who are frustratingly annoying. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, well, and they really do. They just kind of go, they just kind of go put her to bed, and she's just, like, in bed for, like, half the movie. Yeah. And then she gets, quote-unquote, possessed by the witch, maybe, but not really, but maybe? But But not really. One of my yeah. But maybe that happens during that scene is like so to cut back to the very beginning, like when we cut to the title sequence. Um, oh, my note for the title sequence was, "Oh, good, Marilyn Manson." <laughs> it's like so, put a note on that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I have something oh, funny yeah. about that actually. But anyway, like uh, from that point on, I was like, okay, so this is the tone, and I was just waiting for the moment for someone to say "witch bitch" because like. In a movie like this, you got it. It's a 2000s movie. It's edgy. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, the witch bitch. Or so I'm just waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for that. That should have been the title of this movie is Witch <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> yeah, Blair Witch 2. Blair Witch 2, Witch Bitch. Witch, Witch Bitch, colon, Witch Bitch. Question mark? Witch Bitch? Yeah, yeah the, the second, the, the subtitle Witch Bitch is W-H-I-C-H. Like, Witch Bitch? <laughs> oh, beautiful. So, like, yeah, during that, that like, conference, a quote confrontation scene um when uh jeffrey calls her a witch bitch i like put my hands in the air like it like it was a touchdown i was like ah you did it witch bitch. Yeah. I said witch bitch he said it <laughs> well wow. you mentioned you mentioned marilyn manson that that was actually another uh studio decision apparently uh joe berlinger wanted over that uh title sequence is sort of like these aerial shots over like the forest he wanted it to be a Frank Sinatra song, 
called Witches or something like that. I don't I don't know Frank Sinatra all that well. Um, oh, but the studio that. that's kind of a fun idea. Yeah, that's the a fun studio, position. The studio was like, no, <laughs> Marilyn Manson. <laughs> well, beyond that, if, they, if one they thing dates this as, movie. Yeah, they went as far as getting a composer credit for Marilyn Manson on this movie. Wow. Okay, and, so I, I actually was looking into that a little bit more. They, there is a, a different like composer for the score of this movie, but Marilyn Manson has an executive uh, soundtrack producer credit which i think means he curated the proliferation of butt rock in this movie so okay well you know i am outside of this movie i already have a lot of questions for marilyn manson but (laughs) um within the context of this film i have some questions for marilyn manson too uh for instance um uh during the scene where erica the wiccan seduces steven the married guy um uh why why is why is there just a dude wailing on a harmonica? Like, oh my god! god. The, the like, score for this movie feels like it was made by a deranged person. Like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> why, like why was there blues playing there? Like, what? That's that is Cleveland. I'm gonna stop you right there. That is generous to describe what's going on in that scene as the blues, because <laughs> it is it is literally just somebody honking tonelessly on a harmonica there is there is there is no melody to speak of whatsoever it is just somebody hooting and fucking honking on a goddamn harmonica while two of the characters make out ferociously on a dining room table yeah that that horny energy of what steven and erica was uh very strange to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, that was so odd. And again, out of nowhere. Like there was no like flirting beforehand, like no looks to each other, like I was like what? I Why? think the only I think the only thing that kind of sets it up is when they're camping in the woods earlier, she out of fucking nowhere is like the thing that i don't understand about the blair witch project is how it was one girl and two guys alone in the woods and they weren't fucking each other (laughs) because think because think about it you're lost in the woods your life is in danger you're in uh you're in fear so uh, there would be so much sex going on and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what is this bitch talking about? <laughs> this witch bitch, yeah. Witch bitch! <laughs> oh, man, she's crippled. Yeah, that's when I knew that it was gonna be, like, a teen movie. I'm like, okay, there's some, like, horny characters, because none of that makes any sense. Well, a, 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 no. uh, a, a disposable teen yeah, yeah. let's i gotta oh, yeah. say in context with what we know about marilyn manson now <laughs> disposable teeth really aged like yeah, milk that, mm, talk about age like milk yeah yeah well the, I, a level beyond that is that disposable teens and marilyn manson is himself singing from the perspective of one of those disposable teens but he was like 
he was like for sure like in his 30s when he wrote that song. Well, so. what's worse is he was for <laughs> sure in his 30s dating a much younger uh, Evan Rachel Wood, right? Like, uh, I think that's before that. She's not that old. Well, She's he was also old. doing very questionable things on tour. To, uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> the point is, is that... I mean, uh, Marilyn Manson made music for teenagers who were mad at their parents. Like, that's... that's Yes. That, that is... Uh, when I was into Marilyn Manson is when I was a teenager who was mad at my parents, and I everybody I know who had a Marilyn Manson phase was a teenager who was mad at their parents. I'll say art from artist. He does some cool vocal stuff. Yeah, some of Marilyn Manson stuff is is okay. Still, I some of it holds up all right. Yeah, it's, uh, separating the art from the artist, but uh, yeah, some fun. Marilyn Manson oh. fucking sucks. <laughs> Hell yeah, go off, King. Um, yeah, thinking of uh, things that are are fun in, in premise. Uh, I thought that the Blair Witch Hunt encountering the Blair Witch Walk in the woods was very funny. I thought that was a very funny idea. These two different yeah. groups, and it's like, oh, well, we're at the Blair Witch Hunt. <laughs> it's, it's so, like, ham-fisted, like, when they, they set up the, the Coffin Rock thing to have them go over, and they're giving each other, like, these big, yeah. like, nud, nudge-wink looks and stuff. Like, it's so... But the idea is funny. Like, there is a funny mm-hmm. idea there. Sure. And I love how the other tourist group is just all foreign tourists that traveled internationally just <laughs> yeah. to see some yeah, down town in Maryland. They're okay, to see the um, Blair Witch. That reminds me. Um, so when they left, and then the goth was like, they're not coming back. And they're like, oh, how do you know? And she's like, I just know. Did she know because of her psychic powers? Or did she know that she was going to, like, murder them that night? I'm guessing well, it's, it's so supposed to be because, because of her psychic powers? Because she doesn't remember murdering them later? Well, that seems so strange. <laughs> or, does she? Like, or does uh, she? Or does she? Yeah, they're not coming back. Why? I just know. I gotta go. And then she just storms off into the woods to hang yeah. out by herself for a while. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, to, to lay down on the ground and look at an uh, an owl puppet in a tree. Oh my god, the owl. How could I forget? The owls are not what they seem. This that owl is... Parallels. That owl is such a fucking cheap puppet. It's so funny. Every it shows it shows up multiple times in the movie, and every time they cut to it, it's got like the derpiest expression on its face. I'm like, how is like is this this supposed to be spooky? Why is it making that face? That's the thing. Like, there are so many moments in this movie where like I, it got belly laughs out of me. Like, it cuts to like the owl puppet, and I'm just like, what the fuck is that? Like, giggling. Um, did y'all like laugh when? Uh, uh, Jeffrey is like sitting in his chair after Kim brings him coffee and she spins him around and then it just cuts to him being electrocuted like he's like in oh yes like, oh my god. god I was howling like that was the funniest shit ever like, that's another <laughs> that's another thing it is uh, not even not even implied we straight up see it that before the events of this movie at some point Jeff was like in a mental institution Mm-hmm. They keep cutting back, like, that. we have the, the montage of that shit happening at the beginning. Psychic Kim keeps 
seeing like visions of him like in the mental institution that montage was fucking bizarre they were nothing like, ever funneling. comes of it nope. they were like funneling cum through his nose they were like hosing yeah. him down i couldn't get a grasp of like what they were doing what Again, was the point like of any of it? Was, like, of it? MK Ultra stuff or something. What was the point of any of it? Why was he in there? What did it have to do with the movie? Sometimes you just gotta hose someone with cum, dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the point was to be like, oh, he's a crazy person, but maybe uh, not. To make it to make it more believable that they all like murdered a couple of their friends later I, for like the yeah. ending. Like, if she's a psychic, why was she seeing the visions of things that already happened? All right. So, yeah, I think, it doesn't make any sense. I think the real <laughs> problem here of many is, or one of the problems, is that the film doesn't really understand that the importance of perspective in unreliable narrator. So, in movies, whenever they have characters who are tripping and the reality changes, like yours are referencing Shrooms, Ben is referencing um, Wolf of Wall Street, those are all framed by perspective, right? We are seeing what the teens are seeing when they're on the drugs. We are seeing what the Wolf of Wall Street, uh, whatever that fucking character's name, uh, uh, Jordan Belfort is seeing, like, on his drugs, right? And then we cut to the reality, and it's very clear, right? And it's like, oh, it's the perception of that, like, and we're showing to the viewer what they see, versus whatever. But here it's like, who's seeing what at any given time is never made clear. Once. Yes. Like, we are, we are, and and whose who's perspective are we seeing anything from, ever? We don't know. It's just ambiguous. When are we seeing reality? Who knows? We're being ambiguous. And it's cool to make it like, oh, is the reality this, or is their vision this? But we don't know because we don't ever know when it's their vision, and when it isn't. Right? Yeah, well, really? I, I feel like yeah. they were trying to do that, uh, where it, on a more like meta level where the audience is seeing fiction but the videotapes are the reality they just don't do it well um i think again like that's the reason they have the line uh video doesn't lie film does though and then we watch the rest of the fucking film it's so, and then, but like, then we see the videotapes <laughs> at the end that show what really happened exactly right? mm-hmm. yeah. they're also being manipulated like that's what's so weird is like like the 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 videotape uh like from his camera or whatever like we see the witch manipulate that too so that doesn't so yeah. which takes all meaning away as soon as they had like do the run it backwards thing where the goth just has an epiphany to run it backwards and we never learn about that one <laughs> either like because like this, that shows that the tape was lying to them right like it was hiding something so now we can't trust anything so that whole theme is just crumbled um mm. and on top of that like this the execution sucks because yeah. uh. Uh, uh, you have a found footage movie where the characters show up with their cameras and the recording ever, and we instantly just cut to regular cameras and don't really utilize yes. the footage. And that is that is such a sin um, in uh, like found footage movies uh, in general, of which I've seen well over a hundred. I've seen hundreds at this point. Like it's I've seen an absurd number of found footage movies, and it is always the worst when there's like an incoherent cameraman and like suddenly we're just. Like, you, you need, like, pick a, pick a lane. There are times where you can get away with both, but this certainly isn't it. And, uh, it's, it's a, I, I just thought it was a real missed opportunity, because, like, with those same sets, with everything else, they could have done it, like, all on camera. 
um, are all an in-world camera, but they, they chose not to. They slapped that half-baked reenactment thing on the front of it. And if we're talking about examples of, like, doing it right... Sorry, I'm almost over my ramble, I swear to God. Um, the fourth kind is a great example of doing that properly. Because, um, and I haven't seen this, the fourth kind in, like, uh, 12, 14 years. But um, one thing I remember that Holt... I remember holding up well, is they they do the same thing, where Mia Jovovich walks up the street and she says, hey, some of the events in this movie are going to be portrayed by actors like myself. And then what the, the movie, like, treats it as an do- alien documentary, and we're cutting between Mia Jovovich, like, uh, as an actor playing out the scenes, and then we're occasionally splicing in the, quote, real footage. And it makes the real footage way scarier by comparison. And because it's, quote, like, it feels genuine next to the other. And it's super cool. It's a, it's a really neat play. And I've, n- I've never really seen a movie do it like that since. And I, and I always thought it was a really cool idea. Um, we're, I'm going to pick it for the podcast it's, but, um, so I can see how it holds up. But I, I, uh, I thought when they, they, they put that title card at the front of this movie that that's what they were doing. And I was like, oh, so they're going to do, like, a reenactment thing. It's like, oh, no, I, they're just shooting a movie. Okay, well. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I, mm-hmm. I think they should have leaned into that shit harder. Another example of a movie that does that really well is, like, Noroi, right? Where oh. the whole, like, found footage part that is, like, the, uh, you know, the oh. investigator's tapes is framed by this sort of, like, true crime forensic file style show and so with that as the framing narrative that's how they get away with adding like spooky music throughout the movie because that's always one of those things with found footage right is that like when they're trying to pass it off as real but it's got like scary music at all the scary times and it's like in Neroy you get away with that because it's like this is within context of this true crime show that they're putting on TV, right? So they're, in that fictional world, they're the ones who have gone in and added that music and stuff. So, like, I think it's really clever when it's done well. And in this movie, it feels like an afterthought because it was an afterthought. Because the studio chose to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brave Encounters. Because I, I think... I think, like, Ben was saying earlier that, like, Joe Berlinger's whole thing as a documentarian is, like, oh, yeah, film lies, you know, video tells the truth, so all of the film stuff is supposed to be the the dream world, like, the delusion that they're all sharing, and then when we see their tapes at the end, like, oh, this is reality, this is what really happened, but the problem is, is that it's so badly handled in the context of the fucking movie that... It creates instances where characters are filming something for no reason other than that we need to see what really happened at that time at the end of the movie when the police are watching the tapes. Yeah. It's like the characters would not be filming during those times. It doesn't make sense. The worst part is like in the middle of that, they break their own rule. Um, When they have the footage displaying events and they're having to go back over the footage and like alter the footage for to see the truth fuck you like, like <laughs> well the tape does contain the truth cleveland they just have to uh run it backwards to, they to play see, it backwards to and truth. it's yeah they play it backwards and it's a completely different <laughs> it's like suddenly yeah. oh my god every, that, i was like what that reminds me that reminds me of when they're like watching the tapes first and there's like the little like 
uh, sort of like flash cut of like the woman dancing naked around the tree <laughs> and they like pause it and uh, Jeffrey Donovan's character is like is like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna redigitize this and blow it up at a higher resolution so we can see it closer. Oh my god! <laughs> and then it comes back a few minutes later and he's like, I was able to get a different angle on the footage. I blew I uh, I I re enhanced it and blew it up and then it cuts to it and it's a completely different angle than what it was <laughs> before that he's saying he got by blowing the footage up. <laughs> That is not how that works, even a little bit. Well, and it's, it's like, again, too, like, you can see that, like, the, from the writing angle, or the direction angle, they were going like, oh, it's film, it's smoke and mirrors, look, I'm using, like, sci-fi terminology to trick the viewer into thinking we can do this. And they feel like they're being really smart for it, but it's like anyone can just be like, "What? No, idiot!" <laughs> like, what do you? But it yeah. turns out. But it turns out I'm bad at making movies. Right, which is <laughs> funny. Which um, was oh, the real Blair Witch all along. Uh, 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 missed opportunity. Uh, you said she was nakedly dancing on the tree. Uh, the Bear Witch. Oh, the Bear naked. Witch. Because it was. It did turn out to be the witch character. Oh, she's the Bear Witch. Not the Blair she's Witch. The, the Blair she's Witch. the Bear, Bear Witch. Witch. That, that sounds like it would probably be like a Blair Witch porn parody. Oh, man. <laughs> the, the Bear the Bearback Witch. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Hold on. That, that for sure exists. <laughs> that for sure exists. I'll, 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 do the, I'll do the hard leg work here and, and look it up later. Just yeah, Clay, we'll, we'll, need you, we'll need you to get to the bottom of it. Just put yeah. yourself on mute. <laughs> it's a thankless job. <laughs> But someone's got to do it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I have uh, one note here that just says Erica gets Obi-Wan. <laughs> I don't even remember that. There's a bit. So Erica's doing the whole thing where she's like, uh, Persephone, fire, water, bubble and trouble. And she's like, you know, like uh, kowtowing or whatever. Um, and just like repeatedly chanting. And then we cut back to her later as Kim is looking for her. And she just sees her empty clothes on the ground. Oh, that's yeah. right. Oh, yeah, she's been Obi-Wan, like, just right out of her clothes. Because they're laid amazing. out in a way that, like, she, like, vanished out of them, which is really silly. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, arranged perfectly. Yeah. Like, 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 the only explanation when you see the clothes laid out like that is they were Obi-Wan, which <laughs> is not scary, like, at all. Well, um, we see on the on the true tapes later that uh, Jeff planted them that way, or did he? Or did he? <laughs> <laughs> she was naked so many times. Like I bet in the audition, they were like, "Are you willing to get naked no less than three times?" And she was like, "Yeah, sounds good." And they're like, "Maybe, okay. maybe that's maybe that's why she because uh, they all auditioned for different roles, right? Maybe that's why she ended up <laughs> with that role because she was the only one who was willing to get naked three times." Yeah, but but I will say they always took careful pains to make sure that her hair tastefully covered her <laughs> nipples. Of course, they did. I'm trying to imagine these actors playing the other roles in this movie, and. <laughs> It just ends up so bizarre. I think I want to see did, that shuffle yeah. around. They honestly did a decent job of casting. If you were to compare this to like what it could have been, yeah, you know. can't get you can't have the redhead be anyone other than a witch. Yeah, as soon as I heard that, it's like saw the redhead on screen. I was like, okay, yeah. And then she's like, yeah, I'm a witch. I'm like, of course you are. Well, yeah, yeah she doesn't help that she's got a 
She's got a big yeah. pentagram necklace. Yeah, right. <laughs> in case in case you forgot that she's a witch. They love nailing things on like right on the head. On yeah, the exactly. All perfectly on the nose. <laughs> I like it when uh when the goth girl is being interrogated and the cartoon sheriff is like, You wipe that shit off your face. You think wearing that makeup makes you powerful, but you're just a scared little girl. And she's like, Yes, you're right, I am scared. I, I lo- that I lo- would like, never happen. It, it should be made, or the listener, it should be made clear that basically just doing a spot-on impression and is not, like, hamming it up. Like, no, yeah. That's, no, that's what he yeah, sounds pretty like. accurate. That was exactly, yeah. Are y'all ready to rate this thing? Do we have um, other things? I think this and Cabin Fever and the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, would just make, like, the perfect, like, early aughts trilogy. Like, That's not fair. One of these things is not like the others. Well, no, again, like it has nothing to do with quality. one of the yeah. one of these movies is really good, and the others are bad. This has nothing to do with quality. This has to do with like them being just perfect nineties or, or, or late nineties, early aughts like time capsule. Um, I will also note that uh, Erica Learson is in Texas, the Texas Chainsaw movie, and also in this. Um, oh. Uh, yes, she's she is she's one of the characters in that also. Um, I, I don't remember her in that movie because I have memory hold most of it. Yep, I don't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've lost that ability. The the sponge doesn't really squeeze out as much as it is good as it used to. Uh, uh, also uh, worth noting that uh, Jeffrey Donovan was the stern older brother in the second season of Fargo. And he's he's great. been in a lot. He's been in a lot of stuff. Like he's yeah. he is actually a. Uh, I think a, a pretty damn good character actor who I'm generally pleased to see when he shows up in things. Yeah, he's he's definitely matured and learned a lot in the past few decades. So, yeah, good. Yeah, good I mean, I don't even think his I don't even think his performance is terrible in this movie. Like his character sucks, but I think I thought his I, performance was pretty rough. Like he did what he could. Yeah, I don't know performance in the movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how much you can, how much of that you can blame on him with the script he was working with. He was certainly, he was certainly a younger actor and has probably uh, improved a lot since then. But oh, yeah, I, it's certainly not like a praiseworthy performance or anything. But I struggle to imagine that character with that script performed better than it was. Fair, yeah, for sure. I, so. I have something really dumb to admit. I uh I keep getting Jeffrey Donovan and that show Ray Donovan mixed up in my head <laughs> to the point where when I saw his credit on the screen I was like wait is that Do you a think show? he was Lee Shriver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I Jeffrey Donovan is also from Boston, much yeah. like fictional character Ray Donovan. So, uh you're you're not too far off, Ben, I think. Yeah, so he was meant to play Ray Donovan. There yeah. was one other part that I liked, but at the end when they were interrogating the the boyfriend who pushed the girl and they were like, Looks like you you murdered your girlfriend and he was like, No, no. I didn't mean to push her, it was only an accident. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> That's an admission of guilt, my guy. That still means you did it. <laughs> yeah, but if it's an accident, then it's at least manslaughter, not murder. So. <laughs> yeah. 
I have to say that that the actor who played that character, he looks so much like Jeff Daniels to me. Like he has oh yeah, he does structure. And I was like, man, going straight from Dumb and Dumber to uh, <laughs> to even dumber <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to dumbest. <laughs> I'm gonna note uh, Icarus belly flop. Just wrote that down. What does that mean? Well, it's like, you know, watching this movie, like, there's so many ideas here. There's, like, so many, like, grand concepts that it, it really is just, like, watching, like, Icarus, like, try to fly close to the sun and then just doing, like, a magnificent, just fucking eating shit on the pavement, belly flop, eating shit. Like, that. that's the movie, you know? I think that analogy was kind of a, an Icarus belly flop, my man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Blair Witch isn't really sacred to me, so uh, I didn't I didn't find how terrible this film was to be offensive i was largely entertained by it go ahead and stick a rating on yeah what would you rate it okay uh somewhere between like a 2.5 and a three i'll just give it a three because i was laughing the whole time jesus like (laughs) that's fucking fucking insane it's not insane it was like like look the movie's terrible like like i i agree like it's yeah that is well below average average. but again i rate i'm gonna rate thing i like to rate things based on my experience watching it and i was laughing the whole time and i was just like what like i was so confused like (laughs) yeah yeah, and i i I think it's a funny movie there's plenty to talk about uh yeah this movie was certainly a fucking mess i think there's glimmers of stuff interesting in it um it certainly was funny uh it was baffling most of the time I had no idea where it was going half the time. It's not a good movie. And I honestly, I think even the uh, the remake was better than this. But I was, uh, I was told if I rated this any lower than a two, then I would get rashes in the shape of child hands on me. So I'm just going to rate it a two. <laughs> You know, like in the in the movie, all the little <laughs> kid hands. Oh my god, we never even talked about that when they like lifted up their their shirts at one point and had literal branding on them, and they were like, "Whatever, like it's runes. just poison oak." <laughs> runes carved into their skin. It's like, no, it's just a rash. Don't it's just a rash. It. We all got it. <laughs> well, um, for me, I. I do kind of consider the the original Blair Witch sacred, um, but that doesn't really have anything to do with why I dislike this movie so much. It's just a fucking shitty, confusing, convoluted, butt-rock-filled uh, piece of trash. And, uh, you know, while... I did laugh a few times, and while it was a uh, certainly an experience trying to figure out what the fuck was going on here, I don't think I would go back and watch this as like a so bad it's good. So I'm gonna give it a one out of five. I did not Whoa. like this movie. Wow. Um, Aaron, what would you rate this movie? I have to agree with Matisse and the fact that I do kind of like, I also love the Blair Witch. And my thought is like, whether you loved it or didn't love it or even hated it, you got to admit that it was a pretty iconic film and it really like changed a lot of things. And like, um, 
Yeah, it was really, like, really innovative and really ahead of its time. And to just take it and completely annihilate that with this sequel, to even call it a sequel. Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, this is probably one of the worst. Less than a year later. Yeah. Yeah, to to very obviously just ride on the coattails of, like, how successful the first one was. That really uh, hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I agree with Cleveland in the sense that, like, movies can be rated higher if they're, like, entertaining to watch. But this one was just, like, like, when I went on and did Haunt with you guys, like... That movie was so bad, but I had so much fun watching it. It was a good time. It was, like, a stupid teen movie. But this one, I just, like, I paused it at one point, and I was like, oh, my God, I still have 20 minutes left. Like, I would have turned it off if I didn't have to watch it for the podcast. Sorry. It wasn't? No, it's it's fine. Like, usually I love bad, I love watching, like, bad horror every once in a while, but, like, this one was too much for me, and I was just like, you know, you're trying to make sense of things. When in it and it's a movie that just doesn't make any sense. Um, am I allowed to give less than one? Can I give like 0.5 stars? 0.5, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's I gonna be like less than one star is for like snuff film things, personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know, I just yeah. I really like I know, I think that's fair. I, I, go, I, go I, I support, I support that, yeah. like hell yeah, like. Definitely. I support. I support that. Yeah. I think the only the only thing that's really keeping me from giving it a point five is that just two episodes ago we watched. Uh, thanks to Cleveland, we watched the Silent Hill sequel, which oh, is one of the which is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's a and uh, and that was a film that uh, I gave a half star. Uh, so I, that's too fresh in my memory and I would rather watch, uh, Blair Witch 2 again over that. So that's the only thing I was like, okay, I have to think about in relation to that fucking movie that we just watched. So now I have a question for y'all. We watched the, uh, Adam Wingard remake of Blair Witch, uh, way back for a previous episode. How would you guys compare that to this? this is it better? better? Is it worse? It's better than this, for sure. Oh, easily. Better. I mean, just, just by by virtue of it being found footage. It is Yeah, and, and mostly yeah. in the woods. <laughs> yes. It's it's not yeah. it's not a good movie. I, I had agree. a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems with it, obviously. Yeah. Uh but it does, like in contrast to this movie. This movie makes the Adam Wingard remake reboot look like a masterpiece, I think. Yeah, if I watched it after, immediately after watching this one, I probably would have, like, raised my score on it. I don't yeah. think I knew, but, like, I, yeah. I, no, but, 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 in, but in context, yeah, in context, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, making movies is hard. And, uh, yeah. like, goddamn, if uh, this, this th- that isn't a really good, you know example of like what to do with the budget because I, I wouldn't be surprised if the budgets were comparable i'd be uh, i'd be curious to look it up could be wrong, but i don't know, know. I, this this movie well i did i did see that uh blair witch 2 is pretty commercially successful surprisingly uh, I, bet I mean i bet it was like i bet people were really eager to go see it yeah good or bad yeah. 
Not yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Just because it's commercially successful, I mean, obviously, it, it developed a cult following, but I don't think it was critically successful. I think it probably got yeah. a lot of people. I got a lot of people into the theater opening weekend, and uh, I think most of those people walked out pretty disappointed, but uh, the, the the studios had their money already, so you can definitely say it's a commercial success. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a well, uh, our 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 average rating between the four of us is uh is a very powerful one point six out of five. <laughs> <laughs> not even not even Cleveland's three could offset that. <laughs> um, well, uh, before we uh announce next week's episode, Ben, we have some you have some results from our predictions for Orphan. Is that right? Yes, yes. Wow. Orphan. So we didn't skill. do this last week. We predicted this movie at the top of the year. Uh, let's start with uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I predicted this would get a 13 on Rotten Tomatoes, which kind of seems fair. Uh, yep. Casey predicted a 20. Uh, and Cleve, you predicted a 12. <laughs> um, right nice. now, it's you guys aren't going to believe this. Right now on Rotten Tomatoes, Orphan First Kill is sitting at a 72%. What? I do wow. kind of believe that, actually. I've been seeing a lot of relatively positive reactions on Twitter. That is so insane to me. It's crazy. Um, I think I think it's the weird novelty of it, though. I really I, do. And I think I think just like the land the landscape of the landscape of like dreary, artistically bankrupt slop. That is most of the movies we get to see something as fucking weird as that has people be like, hey, it's a real movie. I suppose. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I win that one just by virtue of being least low, right? Yeah. Yep. You win that one. And then for collective rating, I predicted 1.8. And Tease and Cleave, you both predicted two. So you both tie on that one. All right, let's have it for Lanky Kong first kill. Um, And then uh, this did get a theatrical release, believe it or not. Weirdly. Um, And so for opening weekend, I predicted 18 million. Tease, you predicted 13. And Cleve, you predicted 14. Um, It looks like opening weekend, uh, this movie did 1.7. Oh, man. We all overshot by so much. Yeah. So that one I win just by virtue of being lowest. Yes. We just swept the board this week. Fucking price is right, you guys. Well, yeah, there it is. Uh, Next week, we have a Patreon pick. Uh, Next week's pick comes courtesy of Honorary Podboy, Zach Confer, and he has chosen a film from, I want to say, 1995 called The Prophecy that I know nothing about. Wait, wait. It stars uh, Christopher Walken. That's all I know. Oh, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, that's that's what we're talking about next week, so uh, you're going to see it sooner than you anticipated. Uh, considering that we've got a little bit long and that we're all recording remotely, uh, we can eschew the sponsor this week, but, uh, which, which bitch, uh, well, that'll, that'll do it for us this week. If you like the show, leave us a five-star rating on Apple podcasts. 
or wherever you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon as well at patreon.com slash podpeoplepod. Uh, if you do that over there, then you can also recommend us movies for our Patreon picks. Uh, Shoutouts to honorary pod boys Sam Simon and Zach Confer. Y'all are the best. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at podpeoplepod and at letterbox.com slash podpeoplepod where you'll find a list of all the films we've talked about on the show with our average ratings and links to those reviews. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at some spooky snake and also twitch.tv slash some spooky snake. We're doing uh, another spooky Saturday in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'll be announcing the date for that soon. I got to figure it out. Yeah, you kicked it off with uh, uh, the Blair Witch. With Blair game, Witch. So. Yeah, I played through, I played <laughs> through the Blair Witch. Very game. fitting to plug that. Um, you can find swimming me. in Blair Witch. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Sheets. And I'm occasionally tweeting for Light Arc, very rarely tweeting for Light Arc Studios. We put out progress, uh, very slow progress on its stairs back. Um, uh, you can, uh, which we're, we are working on. We're, we're making progress, but um, it's very slow. <laughs> um, and you can also find, uh, mainly, you can find my work on uh, DradXP.com. If you look at all of our super cool games, um, I have worked on most of them in some small capacity or large capacity uh, doing art for them or QA or whatever else. So, um, yeah, go and support DreadXP's games. Uh, Mortuary Assistant has been blowing the fuck up. You've probably seen it somewhere. Uh, hell yeah, let's get that train rolling. Uh, feel free to go and support our stuff. Love you guys. That's it from me. Aaron, you got anything to plug? No. <laughs> <laughs> Don't okay. come find me on socials. <laughs> you know what? I, re- I respect that. Uh, and, and in in that spirit we're gonna fade into the trees as the sweet dulcet tones of Marilyn Manson play us out good night everybody <laughs>